Alright, and we come to another episode, episode 42, where I want to conclude our study on God's attributes. We have gone through several of them and we have seen that God has got a lot of attributes that have become our virtues. With these attributes, God is ministering himself to us, meeting our needs and even solving our problems because of what he is in his attributes. Recently we saw the encouragement of God, the kindness of God, the forbearance of God, the long-suffering of God, the endurance of God, the jealousy of God, the severity of God, impartiality of God, immortality of God, immutability of God. We saw the glory of God. That is, it was our last uh, 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 attribute in the previous episode in episode 41 this is episode 42 and i am pastor dennis i'm ready to take you into our continuation i believe with this episode we shall end the attributes and whatever we wanted to talk about the attributes of god praise the name of jesus we last talked about the honor rather the glory of god today we want to talk about honor after glory we come to honor now, in case you're missing the previous uh, episodes, they are, over, they are over 41. You need to go back and you come from the beginning to reach where we, we are right now on, on this wonderful attribute, which is honor. Revelation chapter 4 verses 9 says that living creatures, they give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits upon the throne to him who lives forever and ever. Revelation chapter 5 verse 13 says, And every creature which is in the heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard them saying to him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb be the blessing and the honor and the glory and the power which is might forever and ever. Now these verses from Revelation, they indicate that Honor is another attribute of God, just as we have seen glory. Well, as glory, God himself expressed, refers to a condition. Honor refers to a high position. The condition of God is glory, but his position is honor. It is the high position, in particular, to the dignity that is related to such a position. Because God is glorious, therefore we should honor. We should honor Him. We should do, like we should do, honor the high position that He is in. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, with the honor comes majesty. These are all moving together: glory, honor, majesty. So, majesty is another attribute of God. And with majesty, the Bible says in Jude 25, that is Jude chapter 1, verse 25. It says that, To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, might, and authority before all time and now and unto all eternity. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So, here majesty denotes greatness in honor. The last honor is a position we come to what we call majesty. He's so great. Greatness in honor. The fact that God has the attribute of majesty indicates that he is the greatest one with his dignity. There is no anyone else. That's why we say majesty. 
So we may also say that majesty is the totality of glory and honor. Because God has glory and honor, he is also and he has also what we call majesty. Praise the name of Jesus. Now we shall continue to what we call sovereignty. We have seen glory, we have seen honor, we have seen majesty, but we need to come to see what about sovereignty of God. They already say that God is sovereign. God God not only has glory, honor, majesty, he also has sovereignty. And these are always uh, termed together. Where there is glory, there is honor, majesty, in the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty is also one of God's attributes. He is sovereign. Sovereignty indicates God's ultimate authority and power. He is sovereign in power. God's position is also unlimited in that he is the last power. Now, whereas people are fearing and worried about the devilish power, God is sovereign. He is the last power. We are not able to say how high is God's position. Likewise, we cannot even measure God's glory, God's majesty. So, as the sovereign one, there is no limit. Is, there is no limit to his authority. There is no limit to his power. There is no limit to his position. Hallelujah. So, although the word the word is sovereign or sovereignty, they are not used uh, in Romans 9, 20 and 21. If you read, we see that these verses, they certainly refer to God's sovereignty. Romans 9, 20 and 21 says that, But O man, who are you that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why did you make me thus? Oh, has not the potter authority over the clay? Out of the sample, the same lamp, to make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor? So we see that here Paul was telling uh, the, the, the Romans that we should know that God is sov- sovereign, is the highest, is the like he is the highest position and power whereby you cannot question him, cannot question God. We all need to realize that we need to know who we are. We are only clay, we are God's creatures, but He's our creator. As his creatures, we should not even resist. We shouldn't resist his purpose. There are some people, they preach the gospel too and they say, I cannot. It's because of ignorance. You don't know what you're talking about. We shouldn't resist his purpose. Hallelujah. Verse 19 shows, when we read Romans chapter Romans chapter 9 verses 19 we see that there we see the purpose of God whereby no man can resist the purpose of God for it says you thou will say then unto me why do he yet find fault who for who has resisted his will in other words no one can resist the will of God he has a purpose he has a desire that no one should resist only to follow and to like you follow and agree and you you accept to do the will of God, the purpose of God. In other words, you can you cannot answer back to God, your creator. 
This is why Paul is asking of the thing formed say to him who formed it, why did you make me th- like this, like the way I am? See, Paul goes on to tell us that and to indicate that the potter God has authority over the clay. And out of the same, same lamp, he says he can make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor. Sometimes we ask, why is it that this man of God is so honorable and the other one is a bit like uh, despised? Yet they are all men of God. It is because it's God's choice. He chooses to make someone honor, honorable and another one of dishonor. God is potter. We are the clay. And as the potter, God is sovereign. He can decide to make a cup out of his clay. He can decide to make a pot. He can decide to make anything out of someone. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So he is sovereign. He has authority over the clay. He can make you into another thing according to his desire. And if he wills, he does. He can make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor. And this does not depend on our choice. We don't have a choice. Sometimes you ask why. Why did he, Why is it that God you have given that man this and that and that and that? All the gifts are within this man and I, I don't even see any gift manifesting in me all one gift or two gifts it's because God chose it to be that way to some people they have only one gift others have got several other people God has allowed them to see the depth and to fathom the deeper things others know he have not even seen the spiritual realm to others God has given you see it's because he is God is the porter we are the clay you cannot, it's, it's about his choice. It depends on God's sovereignty. So these verses from uh, Romans 9 indicate that God has sovereign, sovereignty and he, he has sovereignly created us to be his vessels, his containers, according to his predestination. Read and When you read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, it shows us something. It gives us the same thought saying that we are vessels unto honor. There are others that are <coughs> that are not unto honor. So being vessels unto honor is not a result of our choice. Sometimes we think that when I, I keep myself holy and righteous and I pray the more and I fast the more, I fast the more, God will now make me what I want to become. No. God is the porter we are the clay. He chooses it is his choice. There are those that are going to pray and fast so much for God to use them. There are those that are positioned in that level whereby even when they have not prayed, they can do a miracle. Even when they have not fasted so much, they can do a miracle. It is part of them. God designed them that way. He chose them to be that way. Yet that which a person does in a simple way takes you fasts and prayers to do it. It's because we vary. The way God has designed us. Praise the name of Jesus. So you should get to know and to understand that. So being vessels unto honor is not the result of our choice. It originates with God's sovereignty. It is God's sovereignty that he makes his glory known by creating vessels of mercy to contain himself. And this is a deep word. God's sovereignty is the basis 
V-selection. You know that there are some people that are not going to get saved. He did not choose them. You cannot ask him why. His selection depends on his sovereignty. You should thank God that you are saved because you were among his selection. He selected you. Oh God, you are so worthy. Thank you for saving us. So Romans chapter 9 verse 22, we see that Paul says, what if if God willing to show forth his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering vessels of wrath fitted for destruction there are some vessels that he has decided that they go for destruction it says what if what if here is shows us that we don't have a choice what should we say about this we have nothing to say God is the porter if he chooses some vessels to go destruction, to be fitted for destruction and others to be shown mercy to get saved it is still God he has the authority, human beings are simply clay praise the name of Jesus so this is why in Romans 9 23 and 24, Paul has told us that, and what if he should make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy which he had before prepared unto glory, even us he has also called not only from among the Jews but also from among the nations. Now this also depends on God's sovereignty. Whereas other, other vessels are chosen for destruction others are chosen to display his glory. Praise the name of Jesus. So God has the authority to make uh, the ones and he has, uh, that he has selected and called not only from among the Jews but also even from among the Gentiles. They are all vessels of mercies, vessels of mercy to contain him. Contain him in order that his glory might be manifested. Hallelujah. So, we see that this is God's sovereignty and authority. He has prepared us unto this glory. We are predestinated by sovereignty to be his, own, his containers. This is the climax of our usefulness to God. The climax is that we are going to display his glory. We are going to be carrying him in his sovereignty. This is the climax of our usefulness to God. If we are not going to to, to express his glory and to carry his sovereignty, then we are not useful. This is the goal of God's selection according to his sovereignty. Praise the name of the Lord. So I want to proceed to what we call authority. God is a God of authority. And authority is another attribute of God. Jude chapter 1 verse 25 indicates that God has authority as one of his attributes. Authority is God in ruling. God is ruling that is authority. Regarding the divine attribute of authority, we see that the Lord Jesus is saying in the book of Luke chapter 12, verses 5, he says, I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing has authority to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, fear this one. In other words, Jesus was reminding them that they should Know that he has authority. After killing, he has even authority over your soul to take it to Gehenna or to the lake of fire. 
So God alone has the authority to cast one into Gehenna. If he says this one will not go there, he will not go there. Praise the name of Jesus. So, for example, a policeman in a uniform illustrates the difference between power and authority. Although the policeman may, may not have much strength, he might be small, even short, he has the authority to direct traffic. Even if a boxer or a, a trader comes in, however much it is a, it is a big car, it has much more strength than even the policeman. It can even crush the policeman. But when the policeman, this authority lifts up his hand to say stop, no matter the size of the car, authority is greater than power. The driver will hit the brakes and the power of that big truck will be nothing in front of authority. So this is God. God, of course, has both authority and power. So he has given us this authority. He has given us this power. So another attribute will be power. God is a God of power. His attribute also is power. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 speaks of God's power. Now, God's power is a crucial item of the divine attributes. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 24, to those those who are called both Jews and Greek Christ, God is power and God is wisdom. So Christ to us who are called is God is power and is God is wisdom. A Christ crucified is God is power. This power of God destroys Satan. A power that destroys Satan is Jesus Christ crucified. That's why the Bible says they over Come, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. So the crucified Christ becomes the power of God to destroy Satan, to judge the world, and to deal with his sin. Hallelujah. This crucified Christ, as God's power, crucifies the fallen man, the flesh, the natural life, the old creation, and even annuls all the ordinances. This is Christ crucified as God's power. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why we boast in Christ crucified. It is the power of crucifixion, the power of the wonderful death of Christ that deals with every negatives. So this power not only deals with the negative things, but also carries out God's plan. God's plan is carried out by the power of God, which is the crucified Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. So, whereas the divine wisdom is for God is planning and purposing, the divine power is for carrying out what is planned and what is purposed by God. For God to plan and to, to purpose, he needed wisdom. He talked about wisdom as his attribute. But to carry out what he has planned and what is purposing requires an attribute called power. He carries out everything by he has planned and purposed by the power of God. Praise the name of Jesus. And this brings us to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. It says that the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the operation of the might of his strength. So we see that God's power toward us is surpassingly great. 
it is according to the operation of the mighty of, of the might of his strength it is the power which god wrote in christ ephesians 1:20 says that this power was wrought in christ when he resurrected him god's power toward us is the same power which god wrote in christ now we should remember this even when we are in those of times and difficult problems we know that there is a power that has been brought into us this power first of all raised christ from among the dead this power has overcome death this power has overcome hades it has a dead are still held there other deads but this power overcome and overcame hades because of this power death and hades would not hold Christ Jesus this is what acts chapter 2 verse 24 says that hades could not hold Jesus he was able to resurrect from the dead is the name of Jesus so second what this power does is that god is great power which god wrote in Christ has seated him at god's right hand in the heavenly places far above all that's what ephesians 1:20 21 says Now as God's right hand where Jesus is has been seated by the surpassingly great power is the most honorable place the place of supreme authority that's where Jesus Christ is sitting fourth third is that this power great God's great power which God wrote in Christ has subjected all things under his feet Ephesians still chapter 1 verse 22 This same power has subjected all things under Christ's seat uh, under Christ's feet. So to sit Christ far above all is one thing. To subject all things under his feet is another. Now, the former one Christ is, is Christ's transcendence. In other words, Christ transcended, he ascended and he was above every other thing. This is superiority. but the latter is the subjection of all things to him you see christ wouldn't sit in the heavens the right hand of god yet is not subjecting all things under his feet so the power that transcended him is the power that is supposed to subdue and subject all things hallelujah fourth in this great power we are talking about there are four aspects of this great power that saves us God is great power which God wrote in Christ gave Christ to be the head over all things to the church. This is Ephesians 1:22. You see that the headship of Christ over all things is a gift from God to him. It was by God's great power that Christ received headship in the universe. He's leading all things but to the church. And we see that in these verses God is great power which God wrote in Christ is revealed in four aspects and we have mentioned them the resurrection power the transcending power the subjecting power and the heading up power we need this power the fourfold power is to the church today the phrase in verse 2 to the church verse 22 it implies it has been transmitted to the church it was in christ but christ has transmitted it to the church so it implies a transmission what does this mean it means that the church has got this power 
whatever Christ the head has attained and obtained is now being transmitted to the church his body which is comprising you and me we are having this fourfold power we should rise up to use it in our situation praise the name of the Lord so I'm remaining with a few attributes uh, and uh, I will stop from there we talk about strength as another attribute of God and we have talked about as I wind up with uh, this power I've told you that it has been wrought into us God's great power which he wrote in Christ is the triune God who has passed through incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and who has been installed into us as the all-inclusive power, the fourfold power. The Apostle Paul prayed that we may have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know the surpassing greatness of this divine power. Pray that we know about it. Surely we need to pray the same prayer every day that this power works in us to solve all our problems Hallelujah. So I'll proceed to another attribute. I'm left with only two of them, which is strength and might. But let us start with strength. Ephesians 1.19 speaks of the might of God's strength. The last Revelation 5.12 also refers to the same. God has the attribute of strength as well as power. Inherent God has strength and when you go back to the translation of, of uh, from Greek, the word is is cause. And this is for strength. In Ephesians 1.19 and Revelation 5.12 the same word is implying the same thing. That is the indwelling strength. Inherent strength. Indwelling strength. It is that deep down strength. It is not outward. So inside God, he is strong with strength. Outside is power. He is powerful with power. Praise the name of Jesus. So outside it is power. Inside it is strength. Let us proceed with might as our last attribute. And we shall end all about the attributes of God. Finally, God has the attribute of might. And it is also mentioned in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 whereby it speaks of the might of his strength. The might of his strength. Revelation 1.6 declares, To him be the glory and the might forever and ever. In Revelation 5.13, all the creatures are saying, To him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb, either blessing and the honor and the glory and the might forever and ever. Well, as the last scripture we talked about that is in Jude 1.25 ascribes might to God. We also read about 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 16 that says that to him should be honor and eternal might. So, here the Greek word for might is kratos. Kratos means might. It did not manifested power. The last strength is inward invisible power. Might is the manifested power of God. It is uh, the manifested power. Strength is greater than might. Power is greater than strength. And authority is greater than power. I hope you noticed that. We have seen strength, but strength is greater than might. 
Elias power is greater than strength and authority is greater than power. If God gives you authority, it means you can operate in the power and in the strength of God just like that. So, there is also sovereignty. Sovereignty is greater than authority. When God is sovereign, it means that every other thing is under, including all authorities. Our God has might, he has strength, he has power, he has authority, and he has sovereignty. All these are his attributes. So, in these messages, we have seen the many aspects of what God is in his person. We have been seeing what God is to us in his person. And whatever he is as a person has become ours to enjoy as grace and as virtues. We have also considered God's attributes. This God is now dispensing himself into us. We have seen he has got many attributes. He is now dispensing himself into us. This means that God with all that he is and all that he has is being dispensed into us, the believers. The more we are under God's dispensing, the more the divine attributes are infused into our beings while God is dispensing himself into us. So we need to avail ourselves, be under his dispensing so that we continue to experience all this that God is to us. So while God is dispensing himself into us, he is dispensing all that he is and has. And we need to enjoy and experience and even express this. So let us, as I wind up, let us quickly go through all that we have talked about as the attributes of God. Uh, number one was life, light, light. There, there was life, love as an attribute of God. There is light. I'm now mentioning what we have gone through. Praise the name Jesus. Whatever we have gone through, uh, all the attributes of God. So, I'll begin again. Life, love, light, riches, fullness, holiness, righteousness, wisdom, prudence, faithfulness, truthfulness, simplicity, sincerity, goodness, mercy, compassion, grace, peace, joy, hope, mutability, glory, honor, majesty, sovereignty, authority, power, strength, and might. How wonderful these attributes are being dispensed into us, the believer, today. Glory to God. As we remain under God's dispensing day by day, these attributes will be dispensed and infused into us after God's attributes have been dispensed into us and infused into us. I tell you, we will all become, they will all become our virtues. Glory to God. And I want to stop here. Thank you for listening in. God bless you. Bye-bye.